This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. Welcome back to the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Stajakovic. Maybe only once with that introduction, Pete. I'm your co-host, Matt <laughs> Scalina. Uh, and you're the second person filling in for Adam while he's away here. Uh, was that too high energy? It, Should I bring no, it down No, no, I think it was good energy. Just, uh, no, it was good. It was Two good. game show hosts? Is so, that a game show host? Yeah, thing? Pete, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, my name's Pete Stoyakovich. I'm a realtor on the team. Uh, I've been working with these guys for a couple of years now, and I've known them for even longer, so I'm happy to be here. I was excited when they started the podcast, and yeah, I wanted to uh, jump in as soon as I could. Well, hey, we're glad to have you, Pete, and that baritone voice. And today on the program, we got Chris Colbeck. Chris is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing over at Townline Development. Townline, as a developer here in the Lower Mainland, and they do work on the island as well. Uh, been in the business all, basically close to 40 years. Uh, most listeners are going to know who Townline is. Uh, yeah. It's name recognition, reputation, top notch. They've done a ton of projects in downtown Vancouver and surrounding areas and, and actually all over greater Vancouver, really. If they've been around for almost 40 years, you know the reputation is solid. Like yeah, Townline is uh, Townline is is one of the best for sure. So stay tuned for Chris Colbeck talking about the state of the market. Before we get to Chris, though, Pete, yeah, what's your take on the state of the market? We are in peak spring market right now. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it though. I don't know if you get the same uh, the same vibe, but it felt, feels like just from the weather alone, like we've gone from winter. Straight into summer, like yeah, we, we bypassed spring. Yeah, we bypassed spring. Well, you you took you didn't even do any opens last week, and you were at Kitts Beach, wasn't that right? Yeah, I was the guy without the shirt and the uh, the cutoff jeans. That was me. 
so yeah, you know, I that's one thing that's definitely it does feel like we've kind of bypassed the spring market altogether in in a lot of ways. You know, one of the stories of the the spring market or lack of spring market here in 2018 is is the death of the bait price. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, just to fill anybody in, the bait price is if you were to you, you want to get a dollar fifty for a property and you list it for ninety nine cents. You know, in the in the hopes of eliciting multiple offers, you get it up to dollar fifty, maybe even a dollar sixty. And you know, we've talked about the bait price a lot before, and one of the things that is is of fairly consistent confusion when I'm talking to buyers out there is is price is often used as part of the marketing strategy for a property, right? So you you put the price below market value in order to generate a lot of interest at open houses, in order to elicit multiple offers. And in the last four or five years, when we're seeing the market rising at three, four percent a month, month over month, it really uh, it, it's a really effective strategy because you put it on for ninety nine cents, maybe you get a buck sixty, buck seventy instead of the dollar fifty that it's actually worth. And buyers make out well in this situation as well because six months later they look back and they go, Oh, you know, actually our property's worth a lot more. Yeah. Everybody wins. Right now, though, you know, we saw the April stats come out. We're basically flat. Uh, there's been all sorts of policy changes. The urgency feels like it's kind of gone from the market. So the people that are still putting stuff on, listing realtors and, and sellers that are, are employing that strategy of 99 cents in the hopes of getting a buck fifty, they're often sitting there after the open houses with a property that hasn't sold, that's on for a price that they wouldn't accept. And they have no offers, and we've seen that time and time again this spring. Yeah, it, it's more times than uh, than I was anticipating. To be honest, it's. Uh, it, I mean, it seems like there's uh, less urgency in the market. Like it's it's transitioning from a, a super hot seller's market uh, over. You know, it's crossed the threshold into a buyer's market. So now buyers uh, have more uh, more weight, more clout with their offers. For sure. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely better to be a buyer right now than it has been for, for some time in Vancouver real estate. But Pete, maybe yeah. we'll leave it there. Let's cut to our discussion with Chris Kolbeck, the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Townline. This is a good one. Okay, so we're here with Chris Kolbeck, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Townline Group of Companies. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks for taking the time today, Chris. No problem. So, Chris, can you maybe start by uh, telling us a little bit about yourself? I've been uh, in the uh, real estate development industry for approximately uh, just shy of 30 years. Uh, 1990 was uh, uh, the year I got involved, uh, specializing in sales and marketing for development groups. And sorry, are you from Vancouver, Chris? I am born and raised in uh, Metro Vancouver. Wow. So you've seen a lot of changes uh, since you've been in the industry. Yeah, I'm feeling a bit old. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Chris, can you maybe start? Uh, how did you get your start in in real estate? I actually started. Uh, I was a, a licensed realtor uh, back in 1990 on the North Shore, and uh, did outside real estate for uh, a few years, and got involved uh, shortly after that with uh, uh, real estate developers, and, and uh, went in house, as we like to say, and have uh, worked exclusively. Uh, in the sales and marketing role um, uh, since getting uh, uh, involved with real estate developers directly. 
Great. And and Chris, it sounds like you started on the North Shore. What areas are, are you most excited about uh, in Vancouver, Metro Vancouver at the moment? You know, Metro, I, I think there's opportunities all through Metro Vancouver, depending on the, the motivation for uh, a, a purchasing decision or uh, or uh, if you're or a tenant, uh, a rental opportunity. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent for transit-oriented locations that are close to uh, green space and schools. Uh, mm-hmm. I really feel that, uh, you know, we are moving towards more of the vertical communities. And that's something at Townline that we really focus on is how to create that uh, street to sky uh, vertical community feel. So, you know, our, our homes are getting uh, condos are getting smaller uh, as uh, affordability becomes an issue. And your outdoor environment and that sense of community uh, at the sidewalk is so important. So for me, I, I, I like the notion of transit-oriented locations. I think they are market-proof. So when the market goes up or when it goes down, uh, you, they are a little bit more insulated from those changes within the market and also provides an opportunity for people to enjoy the sidewalk environment close to shopping, uh, grocery, schools, parks, so that they have an opportunity to get out of their home or hop on the SkyTrain and be downtown or to the airport or uh, south of the Fraser uh, quickly. Chris, one of the things just uh, that you said struck me there, especially in, you know, we're in a kind of a strange market right now, or it feels a bit strange, at least with a lot of changes in 2018. Can you speak a little bit more about uh, market protection? We have a lot of investors and a lot of people uh, thinking about getting into the market right now. Uh, can you kind of unpack that a bit more? I, you know, generally, you know, I, you know, in the last thirty years, and there, by no means am I uh, the, the the lone voice on my perspective. Uh, but you know, in the last thirty years, I, you know, uh, I think affordability has always been an issue in in Vancouver or Metro Vancouver, and I think that reiterates again uh, choices of where. Uh, uh, prospective purchasers need to look. Uh, and, and that, again, reinforces the, the need for transit and infrastructure to support getting uh, people around the Metro Vancouver area easily. So, you know, going into 2018 and like other uh, cycles we've seen in Vancouver, um, urban locations or places that have easy access by way of public transportation seem to be the safer way to go for people that are looking to get into the market. In my view, I think as affordability is an issue and always has been an issue and continues to be, I think opportunities to find vertical communities that are transit oriented provide the greatest flexibility for those purchasers or tenants. Okay, great. Um, And Chris, what about, uh, we've got a lot of millennials that are, you know, listening to our podcast and trying thinking about getting into the market. Do you have any advice for millennials? Again, I think, you know, our market is, is, uh, is, uh, is, is a challenging one. Supply is an issue at the moment. And I do think that if for millennials, the best way to get into the market, I think is to continue to save mm-hmm. as best as they can to, to, to save for a down payment somewhere that they can afford. Uh, we've also, 
And that's, again, looking outside of the downtown core where we know affordability is an issue, um, unless you have the benefit of bank mom and dad. Um, this is where I continue to reiterate, you know, some of the suburban communities, uh, Burquitlam, Port Moody, uh, south of the Fraser, where things are still more affordable than the urban downtown core. Uh, but again, focusing on those transit-oriented locations will provide millennials the greatest opportunity to get into the market. You also see a lot of uh, uh, other opportunities such as co-ownership where you know maybe like-minded millennials uh, or young people uh, that have been saving and saving hard to try to get their foot in the door, uh, look at purchasing together. There's opportunities to do things such as that that allow people to get into the market. Interesting. So over at Townline, you know, we're always uh, struck by how the market kind of took off in 2014 and, and um, you know, just never slowed down. Uh, did you guys foresee the last four explosive years? And especially, Chris, thinking about your kind of long history in, in this market. Uh, each cycle in the last 30 years has surprised me. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't think anybody's crystal ball works as well as we'd like it to work. Right. Um, so, you know, I do think on, in, in the sense of this last cycle that we are in compared to other cycles that we've seen, supply is, 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 is the key issue at, at the moment. There's, you know, there's just more demand than we can supply homes for at the moment. And I think that's a differentiating factor in, in, in this cycle. Um, and obviously there's been um, uh, uh, um, policies that have been put into place to try to control that. And uh, we will see how time plays out with, with those policies and perhaps some modifications and changes to those. Uh, but supply in this cycle, I think, has been the key issue. So, Chris, uh, just curious, uh, to talking about policy, obviously, you know, we just had the NDP budget announced uh, this past February, and now, it, it, as of today, it looks like they're, they're modifying some of their uh, new policies. At least the speculation At tax. At least the yeah. speculation tax, yeah. But the, um, what, what, are you, uh, what are your predictions in, in terms of how these policies are going to impact the market? And is there a segment of the market or a specific region in the lower mainland or in BC in general that you think will be impacted the most? Well, you know, again, I think, you know, with some of the recent uh, tax and policy changes that you see there, uh, you know, my, my, my feeling is the, you know, increasing the 15% foreign buyers tax to 20% uh, will have a, a, have a minor hiccup. I think, you know, that original um, shock of the 15% has, has, has flown through the market and we saw, you know, a recovery of about six months after that initial announcement. I think the additional 5% will have a minor um, effect and will work itself through in the next couple of months. Uh, the speculation tax, I think, has been uh, adjusted um, uh, after yesterday's announcement. And that, I think, will take a few months to flow through again to, to let the public absorb that information. But I think some of the changes to that um, at least have uh, addressed some of the concerns uh, on certain areas where vacation homes were concerned. Um, I do think that the speculation tax itself is going to be problematic in, in, in some areas still, such as Kelowna, and uh, obviously with out-of-province uh, purchasers such as Alberta that have uh, – you know, certain areas like Victoria that are uh, see a little bit more of the uh, um, Alberta buyer purchasing. 
so I think the jury is out on how this will play out, um, but I do think it, it will take some time for the market to absorb it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you were, would you would you kind of hit pause if you were searching for property right now? You know what? I think if you're looking for property, and I've always said this in the last thirty years, it's it's hard to uh, predict what the market's going to do. But if you go into purchasing a home with a long term goal in mind, I don't think there's ever a bad time to purchase, right. as long as you are um, not over leveraging yourself and you can manage the payments and have a full understanding of what your uh, affordability and uh, uh, affordability looks like. I think. The, mar- the opportunity to get in the market is always good mm-hmm. as long as you have a long-term horizon planned. Right. And and one thing I just makes me think back to uh, the start. We've been doing this podcast for about two and a half years. And, and last year at the start of the year, we all were talking about hitting pause uh, in early 2017. And then the condo market just sh- took off like a shot. So it's really tough to say, you know, <laughs> you can see a couple months out maybe, but it's it's uh, it's a tough market to predict. It's it, you know what I've stopped. It's it's difficult to predict the market, and you know I I think uh, you know as we said, supply is the main issue right now. We've seen unprecedented uh, growth in prices, um, and I think that that uh, you know obviously I think that has to level off. I think we're starting to see it level off in certain pockets of Metro Vancouver, and uh, so. But in general, if somebody is looking to purchase and they have the opportunity, they've saved the down payment. Interest rates are still historically low. Uh, they meet the strict underwriting criteria through the the, the banks, whether it's high ratio or or, uh, or conventional. Uh, if someone has the the ability to get into the market and they have that long term ownership in mind, I don't think there's ever a bad time to get into the market. Um, and jumping back to, I had lost my train of thought on the speculation tax. You know, I do think on that speculation tax where. Uh, you know, again, whether you agree with it or you don't agree with it, I think that's a debate in itself. Um, but I do think the areas that are going to be the areas and product types that are going to be highest influenced on that obviously are going to be in the urbanized areas. Uh, I think uh, certain pockets of single family homes uh, that have seen un- you know, the higher unprecedented uh, growth in, in price, such as West Side, North Shore, those sort of areas. We're already seeing those sales volumes decrease at the moment because of the uncertainty. Um, but I do think those areas are going to be more uh, hit harder than, say, commodity product that we see within the uh, suburban markets for multifamily and single family. Interesting. So, you know, we've always... Um we're we're huge fans of single family if you can if you can get into that market it, would you what what's your what would you be buying right now if you had say 2 million bucks and you could buy a, a property uh, you were saying if i had 2 million dollars what what would i be buying for my personal use yeah or or investment like what's what's the best buy you know uh, you know i think you know right now is uh, it's a, that's a it's a tough question on what would i buy for 2 million dollars uh the just thing I'm just thinking about this at the moment while we talk about it. I, you know, I'm like I say, if I was looking at purchasing something, I had two million dollars. I would be, for me personally, I would be looking in that Tri Cities area. I think that the Tri Cities, whether I'm looking at the 
townhome, which is considered the new single family at the moment, or a single family with some sort of uh, basement suite that could help with the payments. Um, I think that's where I'd be focusing it. You know, you look at the infrastructure that uh, has gone into the Tri-Cities with uh, the uh, Golden Ears Bridge. You've got the new Portman Bridge. Um, you've got the improvements to the highway. Um, you've got the SkyTrain out there. You've got schools. You've got new park infrastructure. Right. You know, I think there's a lot of check boxes that are checked off for young people or uh, growing families that want to get into the market. So, you know, if I had $2 million, I would probably be looking at a combination of um, getting into a single family in the Tri-Cities or perhaps a, 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 a townhouse. Uh, and I would focus myself out that way or just south of the Fraser into the Surrey area. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, we I think that's great advice and and great thinking. We we talk often about how it's surprising how high the rents have gotten now all all throughout Greater Vancouver and actually are very close to Vancouver proper now, even in the mm-hmm. tri cities. Again, it's it's lack of supply, and mm-hmm. uh, you know we we've uh, townline here. We've uh, finished five rental buildings in the last four years. Uh, I think we built the first rent purpose-built rental building concrete in Victoria in 30 years. Um, and uh, that was built uh, four years, three years ago. Um, and subsequent to that in Victoria, we built two other high-rises in for rental purposes. We've done one in Richmond. Um, we've done one in Cloverdale. Um, and, you know, in all cases, uh, we had um, far too much demand for the supply that we had. And the thing with the the, the thing to import, remember with even rentals is you know uh, rent rent market market rents are market rents. It's you know it it has to do with supply and demand, and it also has to do with you know our, our cost to produce that product, uh, which goes into our decision to build those rentals, or if there's any incentives that we get from the city, which is is typically not uh, uh, there. But um, but what it does is it frees up it frees up older rental stock because you'll find that a lot of people that have been in an re- older rental building now have an option to move up into a newer rental building and they, and, and they want those new accommodations. But it also provides the older rental stock uh, the opportunity for people to move into older rental stock that may be a little bit more affordable than some of the new rental stock. It just provides people with options. But again, it gets back to supply. Interesting. So, Chris, you guys do quite a bit of work in Victoria, as you just mentioned. Just kind of curious. We talk a lot about Vancouver on 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 the podcast here. Um, but what are your thoughts on the Victoria market moving forward? We've uh, well, at Townline, we 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 specialize in Metro Vancouver, obviously Victoria, and uh, and uh, now L- L.A. as well. Um, now in Victoria, again, that market in the last couple of years has seen has seen a, a high acceleration of uh, of um, uh, prices, uh, just as we've seen in, in Metro Vancouver. Um, you again, it's a supply issue there. Uh, there's been it's been a number of years since there's been a lot of condo supply, and we've just started to see that ramp up in the last two years. Um, there's also an equal amount of rental product being built in Victoria. So at the moment, um, you know, we we have a pro- project that we're going to be launching a high rise uh, called Hudson Place uh, 1 within our uh, pro- uh, project Hudson District that we've been involved in since 2007. Uh it'll be a 25 story high rise uh and again we have we're seeing um 
large demand for that, uh, mainly from the local market, and uh, and and uh, purely because I think it's been a while since there's been a, a, a solid supply of new condo homes for that market. And you're getting people to. I think you're also having people that are moving from Metro Vancouver out to the island, and uh, so we're seeing continued population growth out in that Victoria market. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, uh, maybe just changing gears a little bit. I, one question I should have asked you earlier, but you, you've definitely had a, a very successful and varied career in real estate uh, thus far. Why real estate? Well, why real estate for me? Yeah, like why? How did you get into I, real estate, and and why did you make that choice? And and you know, perhaps why do you like it as an investment as well? Well. I, I was I was I I was I was approximately nineteen or twenty when I got into it. So, wow. you know, I was fairly young. Um, so, whether my rash train of thought or my rationale at the time was <laughs> solid, it was the direction I went in. And uh, I did quickly learn that it was. Uh, I, I I started in uh, West Vancouver, and I think one of the first pieces of property I ever sold was a, uh, a building lot in a, in a Camelot in uh, the British, British properties. Wow. And I just enjoyed the, the, the process of uh, new construction. And I also quickly realized that I liked the sense of ownership and fiduciary duty I had to the, uh, working for uh, a developer uh, in the sense I knew the product we were building. I had good input in the product I was building. I controlled uh, the process a little bit more for what we ultimately offered to the consumer. Uh, I was able to be involved in that process from concept to key turnover to throughout the warranty period. So there was a sense of um, ownership from my part right through to that customer experience that I was able to participate in and ensure that it went well. So for me, I just liked the the physic, physical nature of real estate. I could, it was tangible. I could see it. I could feel it. I could uh, uh, help influence the, the direction that we went as a developer uh, and ultimately what that customer experience was, was at the end of the day. And uh, so that's what's got me involved in the development side uh, and has kept me in the development side. Wow. Fascinating. So, Chris, we've got this segment called The Five Wire. Can you stick around for that? Sure. I'm not sure what it is, but I can, I can stick around sounds, for a little bit. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, so, what is your favorite neighborhood in Vancouver? Favorite neighborhood in Vancouver probably goes back to my favorite time was, uh, other than my current uh, you know, family life where I am now, uh, but I think growing up in Vancouver, I, I very much enjoyed the Kitsilino uh, experience when I lived there for a few years. Uh, the walkability of that community, the beach, uh, you know, the views of the North Shore. So I, I do think, you know, that I, I enjoyed that West Side Kitsilino lifestyle as a young person. Now that I'm in, you know, now I'm 50, I enjoy the peace and quiet that the <laughs> suburbs offers offers me and my family. Right. A favorite bar or restaurant in Vancouver? Oh, I, uh, favorite bar or restaurant. I, 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 I'm more of a casual person, so I do like Cardero's and the Sham Bar. Good choices. Downtown Penthouse or Westside Mansion? Uh, for myself, yeah, yeah, 
Downtown Penthouse or Westside Mansion? Uh, you know, for me, I, I, I like the yard still. So I would probably lean towards, at my current age, I still would like to have that single-family house if it was within my uh, ability. Sounds good. Uh, where's the first place you bring someone from out of town? If it's just a casual visit, uh, you know, I would love to, I like to take them downtown. I think going downtown for a dinner kind of uh, exemplifies what Vancouver is all about. You got the water, you got the mountains, and you've got the, uh, the sort of that residential densification that is kind of unique to Vancouver as opposed to any other city. And you get to really appreciate the city of Vancouver for what it is. So a dinner at Cardero's on the water, looking out over Cole Harbor, I think is, uh, is, is something that is pretty special. Excellent, Chris. So how can people find out more about Townline? Townline, um, we've got a townline.ca. I think if, uh, if somebody wants to visit townline.ca, they'll get a good idea of the diversity of uh, what we do. Uh, we are involved uh, throughout Metro Vancouver at the moment, uh, both in, uh, in uh, you know, uh, we have projects uh, ranging from high-rises to townhome communities in the, the, the Tri-Cities location. We have a high-rise location out in Surrey, something in Victoria, uh, future projects downtown, Richmond. So we're throughout the Metro Vancouver area, and we do everything from uh, low-rise, mid-rise, rental homes to high-rise. And um, and we're going to continue to do that. And and we've uh, helped people buy your uh, your homes before, and we can say your reputation is fantastic, and and you guys do fantastic work. It's we've you know I, I think at Townline I've worked for uh, three large developers in my third being Townline in my career, uh, and at Townline it, it is a unique uh, unique organization where customer care and innovative product and innovative. Um, uh, home ownership programs is really uh, close to heart here. Um, we did a, uh, and, I, and if you don't mind, I'll mention Strand is one of our uh, projects right now closing uh, where homeowners will be moving in in June of this year. And it was the first of its kind program, which provided uh, homeowners with the opportunity for home ownership where they otherwise never have had that opportunity through an innovative program that uh, we worked with with a couple stakeholders involved, which was BC Housing and CMHC. And, uh, and it provided 84 um, owner-occupiers the opportunity to purchase where they would have otherwise never had that opportunity. And uh, that was pretty rewarding. And uh, we're very excited at Townline to see these homeowners moving in in June. Amazing. Do you think that Townline will do something similar to that in the future or any, any more plans? We are, uh, yeah, no specific plans, but we are definitely in discussions for future opportunities similar to what we were able to uh, structure uh, with this project in, in Port Moody. Uh, so yes, uh, we'd like to say as soon as other opportunities like this come up again, we'd be definitely interested in doing that or a form of it. Fantastic. Well, well, thanks so much for your time, Chris. That was a fantastic conversation.
So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Chris Kolbeck, Vice President of Sales and Marketing over at Townline Developments. That's right, Matt. I got to say, I really like conversations like this with guys like Chris. He's got a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience. I always feel like I I come out learning something. Yeah, you know what? And that's uh, every week on this podcast. And it was great having Chris on. Fantastic discussion. Uh, Other than that, though, Pete... What else Next. we got? We got VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com, right. our website that is the one-stop shop for all things Vancouver real estate. We have research tools over there. That's right. Private client services, PCS. Matt, if you're not using PCS, you're standing still. The rest of us, we're power walking by. <laughs> not bad. Okay. What, what does it offer okay. you? So it's our research tool, like I mentioned. I use it myself. It has realtor-level information, sold prices, days on market, Listings show up 36 to 72 hours before they do to the public. Wow, what else this, could you want? Matt, what else could you this, want? Uh, this, this sounds pretty good. We also have a, the mobile app, basically the same things offered by PCS for on the go, riding the SkyTrain at the doctor's office. You want to look at real estate. This is the app for you. It also has augmented reality. You're walking by a building. You want to see listings. Point your phone at that building and you see the listings in the building. Pete, you've never tried that. I can tell by your face. Brave new world, it, folks. It works. Brave it new works, world. And I use it all the time. Last but not least, we have the Livewire weekly email updates. We got stats. We got tips. We got episodes, information coming there that you're not going to get anywhere else. That's right. So sign up at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Pete, how can people reach you? You can reach me on my phone, 604-782-7484, or you could reach me by email, peter at com. You can also get me at 778-847-2854 or matt at com. And we also have that nonpartisan that line. That nonpartisan line, that's right. Info at com. Thank you so much for coming in, Pete. It was an absolute pleasure. The pleasure's all mine. Have a good week, guys. Take it easy. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. And I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? 
Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. 